Welcome to episode 41 of the Making Margin podcast. My name is Nick Foy. I'm the founder of Greenway Wealth Advisors. We are a financial planning investment management firm based in Charlotte South End. With me virtually from his home in Huntersville is our associate advisor and director of financial planning, Jeff Eminger. Hello. And in person at his desk at our office in Charlotte South End is Drew Harris, a senior advisor with our firm. Hey there. Hello. Um, we're going to do a quick episode here about this student loan forgiveness deal. And, and Jeff, very wisely, Jeff is a wise person. And very wisely, before we started, he said, let's not make this an opinion piece. Let's make it a fact-based telling everybody what we know. Because I'm sure we'll interject our opinions at some points in the process. But we're just going to tell people what we know so that if you have, if you're eligible for student loan forgiveness to some extent, Hopefully, you can glean some information from this conversation. We're really happy for you, right? That's great. Yes. Um, <laughs> overview is President Biden announced on August 24th. I think this, this is directly from PolitiFact, the way that this is phrased. So I'm just going to read it. That he will waive student loan debt for qualifying Americans, $10,000 for individuals earning less than $125,000. And it's $250,000 for a couple, if you're married filing jointly, plus an additional $10,000 for those who received Pell Grants, which support tuition for lower-income students. Aside from the fact that this was an executive order and the legality of it is still being questioned and perhaps may or may not actually hold up in court, um, the administration's reasoning behind their uh, powers or ability to do this, they claim is found in the HEROES Act, which was a post-9-11 bill uh, that allowed for uh, moratorium on student loan payments during national emergencies. Um, anyway, that's what Trump used to pause student loan payments, and now he's saying that we can actually erase some portion. I don't know why, not just all of them, but that's a different deal. So will that actually hold up in court? We don't know. We're going to tell you what we do know about who qualifies and how to actually receive the forgiveness. And more information over the next few weeks is going to be coming out, as I guess the government's going to have to set up a website uh, that people can actually go and apply for this. All right. Who should we, Jeff, tell us, tell me everything you know. Everything. So about many things. This topic specifically. <laughs> the sky is blue, was the joke. Yeah. Okay. Um, the debt cancellation is up to $20,000 if you received a Pell Grant. Uh, it's $10,000 if you didn't. It's only for federal loans. So if you have private loans, you're out of luck. There is a final pause on student loan payback, which stretches through the end of the year. So payments for people that have more debt than that, more that don't qualify due to income, their payments resume on January of 2023. It's not yet known which income year will actually be used to qualify. So it's 2020 or 2021. More information is supposedly coming um, to figure out like how you claim which year or what the guidelines are with that. Um, it's $125,000 is the income limit for individuals, $250,000 for married filing jointly. Do we know what uh, years we're looking at for that? It could be 2020 or 2021. Right. That's that's where they haven't given any clarification. So far, we have like big idea and very little in terms of like how it's actually going to work. Um, are we looking at AGI? AGI are we looking at for this? It says annual income. 
So I, I don't yeah. know how they're going to classify that either. That's one these source are all, I've seen. all really good questions. Yeah, one source I saw said AGI. AGI. But, uh, yeah, that I would make sense. To the big picture of we don't know, but this is what people are thinking. Yeah. This says AGI. This says review your tax returns, your AGI for 2020 and 2021, line 11, on the front page of your 1040. That's what CNBC says anyway. All right, yeah. continue. Um, there are some things in place to make student loans more affordable going forward based on discretionary income, like how much you have to pay. There's a lot of details on that. I don't necessarily think it's vital to go into those at this point, but there are some things there. Studentaid.gov slash debt-relief-announcement is the place to find kind of all the details for this. And yeah. there is a, a link there in the first paragraph for us. You can subscribe for updates. So I definitely encourage anybody that, that might fit into this category, subscribe for updates. And it sounds like somewhere in October is when they will open up kind of some sort of reporting website to see, to kind of apply for the forgiveness itself. Um, but again, we don't, we have very little in terms of details with that, but more to come on, on that piece. So right now, there's really not not much to do um, except for maybe subscribe and get your ducks in a row, figure out if you're going to qualify uh, potentially. Okay. Drew, do you know more things? I really don't. I, I like that Jeff was pointing to, you know, the studentaid.gov, you know, website, and then um, it points you on to ed.gov uh, forward slash subscriptions where you can get the updates. I think that... You know, for anybody who kind of feels like there, there's some people that this is going to be extreme if it goes through. Is a very, <laughs> I say this um, out of both sides of my mouth of going. This should be really easy and streamlined because some people's income yeah. is known by the government, um, and right. you know, if their balance you know is somewhere you know above a dollar, um, then it should be known and uh, be taken care of. But I think uh, for folks whose income has fluctuated over the last uh, two years, um, whose, uh, you know, debt, um, you know, uh, have they maybe made payments, that's where they probably need to reach out and um, where it's going to be a little bit more fluid and, you know, tricky and something to evaluate. Sure. Doesn't say okay. much. Though. No, that's fine. There's also, um, a, there's also a potential for if you've been paying during the pandemic pause on payments, there might be a mechanism to get refunds from your servicer um, to get to where you can max it out. So for example, if you have a balance of $5,000 now, but you've paid back $5,000 over the last uh, two years or so, there may be a route for you to get a refund of that payment and then be able to get the full 10000 of debt relief. But again, that's one of those very little information about how that would actually work. Um, but that's something that you should at least know exists because um, yeah. it might help you. I think, I can't recall if you said this, Jeff, or not, but on the IDR plans, the income-driven repayment plans, uh, there's also some changes that are happening there. That's still a little bit to be determined. But um, again, at this point, I think it's, should you be aware of what's going on? Should you be gathering information? And you know, if you have federal loans and your income is uh, in these ranges, that's one group of people that should. But also, if you are doing income-driven repayment, um, then that's another category. 
And then those who are working for another category is those who are working for nonprofits or government agencies who have the potential for loan forgiveness is another category that that addresses. Mm -hmm. But specifics, I don't have. Okay. So this is from CNBC. Step one, make sure you qualify based on your income. And so you got to be under 125000 for a single, 250 for a married couple or a head of household. Uh, review your tax returns, review your AGI. We talked about that. Ensure your loans qualify. The vast majority of 37 million borrowers will be eligible for the forgiveness based on their loan type because their debt is under the William D. Ford Federal Direct Loan Program. So it's Stafford loans, direct Stafford loans, direct subsidized and unsubsidized federal student loans. Parent Plus grad loans are also eligible for the relief. If you're one of 5 million borrowers with a commercially held federal family education loan, FFEL, your debt is actually held with a private company and not the government. And that sounds like it's going to take a little bit longer, but they have instructions also to consolidate your loan into the direct loan program to make that faster. So you go to studentaid.gov, sign in with your FSA ID and go to the My Aid tab. Gather records, they say. We don't know what's actually going to be on this application. Um, the PPP forgiveness applications were relatively straightforward. I don't know if this is going to look at all like that, but I imagine they do something somewhat similar. They need different information for this. And then stay up to date. And then, as you said, you can sign up for updates on the department's website. That's as much as I know. Drew gave us, and you guys gave us a little bit more information about the potential repayment for folks who paid on their loans since March of 2020 when they weren't necessarily required to be serviced at that point. Now, student loan payments are supposed to resume in January. January 1 is the date at this point that student loan payments are supposed to resume. What are the chances that actually happens? Um... Who knows? They they call it a final extension. I feel like I've heard that before, but that that's that's what is in the studentaid.gov write up on it. It's a final extension. So, I mean, at some point, somebody has to pay the debt, and um, so I guess just like I'll leave it there. Yeah, I'm suspicious that's going to happen. Then I'm also interested to know how many people. Have because they've not been paying on their student loan. I mean, it can be a really significant expense that people have had wiped away. And so, I mean, is there a connection between a tight labor market and a lack of student loan payment? You see what I'm saying? Like the service industry is wiped out right now um, where you like, you go to a restaurant and it takes forever and you go to the airport and it takes forever. Do are people like, I don't necessarily need to work because I'm not, I don't have to service this student loan debt. Is that a thing do you think that's happening that an economist could go out and do a study on? That's an interesting question. Yeah. Um, I'm sure like, there's some, actually... some factor involved, but I, I mean, I, would, I, I would have like, to cut back my hours. Yeah. I would have to think like, uh, you know, especially like lower wage earners are probably on some kind of income based repayment, which means the, the actual student debt is like a pretty small yeah, yeah. part of what I would assume a monthly budget would be. Yeah. But I mean, I'm sure it has some factor. There's some impact of that. Maybe yeah. minimal, but I want to talk to an economist who can tell me on the other hand, <laughs> there's lots of discussions about the actual impact of this on things like inflation. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's pretty hotly debated. And some say because the payments are spread out so far, and it's not just like they're putting money in your bank account that the impact on inflation will be pretty minimal. Some people argue the opposite. It kind of depends on which side of the political spectrum it seems. Sure. Uh, yeah, what your opinion is on that. Yeah, yeah, I know. 
It's so dumb. Cool. All right. I think that's all we know. We're not going to share things that we don't know. <laughs> Let's say we don't know what those things are and we'll find out. And that's okay. But I think if you might be eligible for this, just be prepared. Um, keep an eye out and we'll maybe do another quick hit episode on it once it happens because we are the premier location for information for all things financial. That's what we found that's right. right here on the Making Margin podcast. Mm-hmm.